I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Honest. Today's topic is the disease to please. So before we get started. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you are driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let all the tension in your body go. Let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. People pleasers are not just nice people who go overboard trying to make everyone happy. Those who suffer from the disease to please are people who say yes when they really want to say no. For them. The uncontrollable need for the elusive approval of others is an addiction. Their debilitating fears of anger and confrontation force them to use "quote unquote" niceness and "quote unquote" people pleasing as self-defense camouflage. I think it is important for me to share that over the past fifteen some years that I have been in clinical practice. My clients have been a constant source of knowledge and inspiration to me. The many people pleasers, both women and men, 
that I have treated, they have greatly enhanced my understanding of the toll this problem takes on its sufferers' health, relationships, and quality of life. Now, my clients have consistently affirmed my belief that, with focused effort and the desire to change, the human spirit can overcome this and many other obstacles to happiness. All right. So let us begin by exploring the people-pleasing mindsets. Now, these mindsets consist of your personal quote-unquote thinking equipment that is used when you think about people-pleasing. So let's take a look at what are some of these mental tools. They include patterns of thinking, beliefs. Self-imposed rules and expectations about yourself and others, evaluations of your self-concept and self-esteem, and critically, ways of processing all the data of thought. In other words, people-pleasing mindsets are logically flawed and incorrect. In addition to being incorrect, they are damaging and dangerous because they contribute to feelings of depression, anxiety, self-blame, and guilt, and perpetuate a self-defeating stress cycle. I did share with you the formula of results. Thoughts cause feelings. Feelings cause actions, meaning behaviors, and actions cause results. Now, if you are not too sure about your own self-concept as well as self-esteem, it will be a good idea to go back to the podcast archive and have a listen to episode ninety-one: cultivate healthy self-esteem, and also episode eighty-nine: know your own self-concept, and episode ninety: do you have a weak sense of self? Have a listen to those episodes, and I'm sure they will help you to get more clarity. Many of my people pleaser clients they don't fully realize how tough they are on themselves. They have strict rules and expectations of themselves and others, and here are some of the more common ones. They believe that they should always do what others want, expect, or need from them. They also believe they should take care of everyone around them, whether they ask for help or not. They should always listen to everyone's problems and try their best to solve them. They also believe they should always be nice and never hurt anyone's feelings. They also believe they should always put other people first before them. They should never say no to anyone who needs or requests something from them. They also believe they should never disappoint anyone or let others down in any way. They should always be happy and upbeat and never show any negative feelings to others. They also believe they should always try to please other people and make them happy, and they should try never to burden others with their own needs or problems. In other words, people pleasers tend not to ask for help. Because they see that as a burden to others. Now, the people-pleasing syndrome involves a number of expectations about the way other people should treat them, given how nice they are and how hard they try to make others happy. 
In other words, they expect other people to please them the way that they do them. Now, the tricky part is that many of these expectations about others tend to fall into the category of that I would call hidden shoots, and it is no surprise that they follow from、uh, the explicit, distorted beliefs that people pleasers have on themselves that I just shared with you. Remember, one of the、uh, distorted beliefs of a people pleaser is that they should always be happy and never show any、uh, negative feelings, including anger toward others. So, could you imagine the result of this self-imposed trap? Is that they number one definitely will feel guilty about having negative feelings toward others and. Two,、uh, they blame themselves for not pleasing others enough to elicit consistently positive treatment from them in return. So let me share with you some of the common people-pleasing rules about how others should behave or treat them. And these hidden shoots are number one. Other people should appreciate and love me because of all the things I do for them. Number two, other people should always like and approve of me because of how hard I work to please them. Number three, other people should never reject or criticize me because I always try to live up to their desires and expectations. Another one is other people should be kind and caring to me in return because of how well I treat them. Another one is other people should never hurt me or treat me unfairly because I am so nice to them. Other people should never leave or abandon me because of how much I make them need me. And last, other people should never be angry with me because I would go to any length to avoid conflict, anger, or confrontation with them. Now take note, my audience. The key words here are hidden shoots. That means the people pleasers are not that conscious of what they are doing and where their behaviors come from. And above all, it is not uncommon for people pleasers to use defense mechanisms like denial and avoidance. It is because these rules about how others should and should not behave reveal the defensive character of people pleasing. So there is little doubt that pleasing, helping, or fulfilling the needs of other people gives the people pleasers pleasure and affords them gratification. Dr. Albert Ellis, founder of Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, and also a forerunner of modern cognitive behavior therapy, according to Dr. Ellis, nice neurotics, quote unquote, an all-inclusive term used by him to embrace nearly everyone who suffers from anxiety, depression, and other negative mood states, are. "Quote unquote," self-upsetting creatures who make themselves miserable by believing three main musts or shoots. Number one, I must do well. 
please others or be liked by significant others, or else I will be worthless. Now, this imperative creates depression and anxiety, and I absolutely agree with Dr. Ellis. Number two, you must treat me kindly, sweetly, or approvingly, or else you are wrong and mean. This imperative creates anger, blame, and disappointment. People pleasers may blame themselves for not being nice or pleasing enough to earn others' approval or kindness. As a matter of fact, people pleasers tend to have bottled up a lot of anger. Number three, conditions in life must or should be the way I want, or it's horrible, catastrophic, or disastrous. So, according to Dr. Ellis. This imperative leads to frustration, fear, confusion, blame, anger, anxiety, and depression. Now, because these musts and shoulds are based on strong needs and desires, Dr. Ellis maintains that it is innate in human nature to believe them. The problem does not lie in the desire or need of the people pleasers. But rather in framing it as a mandatory requirement or demanding insistence on the way things must or should be. Well, I'm sure you agree. It makes a lot of sense because whenever we are in that state of mind, there's a sense of entitlement. For instance, if you think about it, there is no rational reason why other people must love and appreciate you, even if you stand on your head to please them, right? But it would be nice if you received love. Of course, we all desire that. It would even be more desirable if others loved you for the person that you are, including the kindness you display in your treatment of others. Rather than for all the things you feel so compelled to do for them, let's say you may wish to be a reliable friend on whom others can depend. However, to command that you should never say no or let other people down is an excessively rigid requirement that, given life's unexpected events and needs, you simply cannot guarantee. However, by stating your intention and preference to be reliable and supportive to your friends, you allow for the realistic possibility that sometimes you may need to say no due to factors outside your control or due to mere self-preservation, such as taking extreme self-care. Let's face it. Try as you may, you cannot impose your will on the world. It doesn't work like that. So when you persist with rigid expectations of how you, others, the world, or life in general should be or must be, it only serves to produce confusion, frustration, discouragement, and worse. Because when you demand that other people and the world or life treat you in a certain way, you set yourself up to feel angry, disappointed, and depressed when inevitably they do not or cannot submit to your will. And when you demand certain behavior or feelings from yourself, 
especially when your demands are unrealistic or unattainable, you set yourself up to feel guilty, inadequate, and possibly unworthy. So, my audience, the bottom line is that the only thing you really should do is to eliminate as many shoulds from your thinking as possible. So, when you replace the demanding shoulds with alternative statements like "I could," because "could" is a choice, and "I should," should is a must. Try it out. Use alternative statements. About your requests, desires, or preferences, I assure you, you will reap the benefits emotionally. So, how is this relevant to having healthy relationships? I have been asked in my consultation room many times, "What can I do, Doctor Bibi, with a hostile, angry, punitive partner?" Yes, it's not easy. How can you stabilize someone who has you on an addictive emotional roller coaster ride? Right. So first, you must recognize that you cannot change your partner directly. If you have been thinking that your kindness and giving nature will win the day, it's time to realize the futility and cost of your efforts and to stop expending them. Your people-pleasing behavior is having the opposite effect of what you intend. It is only rewarding your partner's aggressive or unstable behavior. So my advice is: instead of asking yourself how you can change your partner or the situation, start your self-inquiry with this thought: knowing that I cannot and will not change my partner. What can I do to change the situation for myself? Keywords for myself, meaning your own needs and wants. Now, this thought will empower you, whereas thinking about how to change your partner will only reinforce your sense of powerlessness, helplessness, victimization, anger, and depression. These negative feelings keep you stuck. Mired in an analysis paralysis that is going nowhere but down. Let me end this episode by saying this: to cure the disease, to please, you only need to change one behavior, or one thought, or one feeling. Remember, feelings come from thoughts. Practice the result formula: thoughts cause feelings, feelings cause actions. And actions cause results. So, if you want a different result, change your thoughts, and the cycle will start to unravel like a ball of yarn when you pull on a single strand. Now, there may be knots along the way, but you will learn the tools to untie them. And if you don't have those tools, maybe it's high time to seek professional help. So until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest and face your fears. Bye for now.
you can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. Thank you.